0: The process of dismantling the San Onofre nuclear generation station is about to begin. The power plant has not produced energy since 2012, and by the end of this decade, much of the plant will be no more. As one can imagine, removing a nuclear power plant isn't as easy as just imploding and calling it a day. Here's how it'll work. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Rob Nikoleski, you cover everything energy for the San Diego Union-Tribune, and Songs has always been a major part of your beat. To get us up to speed, can you give us a summary of how Song's was decommissioned and how we got to where we are now?
1: Well, back in 2012, late 2012, there was a radiation leak from a steam generator, uh, and that caused the plant to be shut down. Um, and then, a few months later... It was decommissioned it was completely shut down so since then um the plant has gone through the uh, process of decommissioning through the nuclear regulatory commission and just this past year by getting a permit from the california coastal commission uh the Santa the uh, southern california edison They are are the um, operators of the plant. They got a permit from the Coastal Commission to start dismantling the plant. And so now some preliminary work has begun this year, 2020, and they're going to start dismantling the plant. They're already in that process. It's going to take eight years and cost about $4.5 billion.
0: You know, if you think about it, that sounds about the right price. Yeah. (laughs) Let's hope they can stay under budget. So let's start with the actual plan for decommissioning. How do they start? How do you break down, you know, taking apart something that is a little dangerous?
1: Yes. Well, what they end up doing is they're going to start, um, they're going to go to the containment domes, which have a lot of very heavy materials, such as the uh, nuclear uh, pressure uh, reactor vessel. And what they're going to have to do, first of all, is they're going to have to There's an entrance and an exit, as you would expect, at each containment dome, and there's two of them, units two and unit unit three, but they're going to have to widen that entryway and that exit way, and so that's probably one of the very first things they're going to do, and once they're able to do that, then they're able to put all the heavy equipment into uh, those containment domes and start taking all the components out. And the other thing they're going to have to do is there is something that they call tendons. They're basically these very heavy cables that were built within the four foot concrete structure, four feet wide concrete structure of the containment domes. They're going to have to start taking all of those tendons out. And if you go to our website, and go through the story, you'll be able to see some of the pictures of that. So they're gonna be taking some of those tendons out. And then when they get all that done, then they're gonna start taking out the pressure reactor vessel, all the other very heavy equipment, and then start loading it. Eventually it'll be transported. Some of it's gonna be transported by rail. Most of it's gonna be transported by rail, but some of it will go by trucks and it'll take years and years. And then we get to knocking down the containment domes.
0: And for all of the stuff that was inside of all of these domes, where will those pieces go? Because I imagine there's, you know, some radiation there, right?
1: Yes. Yes. They're, they're all considered to be low-level radiation. And they're basically basically going to go to three places. The vast majority of them will be taken by rail to a um, nuclear um, treatment facility or nuclear storage facility, I should say, is a better word to describe it. That's in Clive, Utah. And they'll they'll go mostly by rail. Then there's some that's going to go to another nuclear uh, treatment facility uh, in Texas, and they'll go by truck. Uh, And they're thinking that it's going to take about six to eight truckloads of this stuff. And then there's a small amount, relatively speaking, because we're talking about millions of pounds of this stuff of, you know, Debris, um, about 125 um, uh, tons of stuff is going to end up going into canisters, and that'll stay at the Song's facility. And just like the spent nuclear fuel that's being that's uh, already stayed uh, staying behind at Song's, that 125 tons will go into let's see, um, 12 horizontal canisters. And so they'll stay on site and when that glorious day comes when we uh, the federal government is able to find a place to put the spent fuel that those 12 canisters will go with the other canisters of spent fuel that's already at song.
0: And for all of this debris, what's the level of danger here? Like, you know, you hear radiation and it sounds more terrifying than it actually is. Can you put it in some context?
1: Well, the most, all, all of, the, uh, of the nuclear power plants that have been decommissioned have been safely de- decommissioned, but there is a level of, of, uh, of concern to say the least because we're talking about radioactive stuff here. Um, what, and that's one of the interesting things about this story that, uh, about the dismantlement is that the nuclear reactor vessel, pressure vessel, for example, needs to be basically pounded into chunks pound it into bit bit by bit and they do that by pounding it and then also sawing it off using a, a gigantic rotating saw. But since the nuclear reactor pressure vessel is slightly radioactive and was what was, uh, was being used to basically contain uh, the, the, uh, the nuclear fuel, you have to do all of that underwater, which sounds crazy, but it's that's what they do. And they end up the the reactor vessel is within this cavity. They fill the cavity up with water. We're talking about a lot of water, 500,000 gallons of water, and then they basically pound the um, uh, the components down to smaller pieces. But they all they do that all underwater. They do it robotically. They do it. Re- they do it remotely. So it's a very complex process and when I first heard about it I'm sure the my reaction was the same as most readers is just what you're going to do this underwater but it's been done at other nuclear facilities that have been decommissioned like Zion in Illinois and also Yankee Connecticut Yankee up in uh, up in the northeast so it's been done before and that's the plan.
0: Mhm. And finally when everything inside of these domes is out of there how do you lower the domes themselves? Can you explain that process?
1: Well, that's what's interesting is because you've got these domes and they're very large, 190 feet high. Um, and so, and, and they're the most. Recognizable, distinctive thing when you drive by songs on Interstate 5, but they're not going to implode them. So there's not going to be any kind of wrecking ball or an implosion that you see. Where you see like tall buildings that sometimes come down in very spectacular ways. What they're going to do is they're going to chisel the bottom of uh, of each dome bit by bit. It's a very slow process. So the domes will go from 190 feet and gradually 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 go down that's going to happen about five years from now and that whole process of having these domes diminish little by little until there's basically nothing there that's going to take about a year to take the whole process so five years from now is when they expect to start getting to the domes and start knocking them down after they've taken everything out but then another year to um to complete that and then eight years for the whole project the project whole project should be done by the end of 2028 if they're able to stay on schedule.
0: And, you know, rarely do you hear that these projects have to take this long. Is it just because, you know, the sheer amount of steps or is this kind of in line with the other decommissionings that have happened across the country?
1: From what I can gather, it's, it's a, it's a, the timeline for this is about the same as it has been at, at other nuclear uh, facilities. And, we're talking about a lot of, I mean, tons and tons of concrete rebar, reinforced concrete that has to be carted off and knocked down. So it is a very complicated process and it's a very expensive
0: process. Mm-hmm. And can you explain the financials of about this? Like who's paying for what and what are some signs that, you know, prices could increase? Like, can you give us a little forecast about that as well?
1: Right. As we said, uh, the total price tag is going to be about $4.5 billion. That money came originally from rate payers, including people from SDG&E and also Southern California Edison. Uh, so the customers were able to um, get the energy from San Onofre; They were the ones who paid for it. The $4.5 billion dollars. The core of that is about one third of that came from ratepayer dollars. And since then, um, to Southern California Edison's credit, I guess, um, since then, they've been able to reinvest that amount of money, that one third of, of $4.5 million. So that would be $4.5 4, 4. So that'd be $1.5 Of that core, they were able to build that up just through investments. So they, the... Um, uh, the person who's in charge of decommissioning for Southern California Edison told me in my story that they expect be able to do this on time, and that four point five billion dollars should be able to be enough to to take care of this. They want to co- come back to ratepayers and ask for more. So we'll see what happens in the na- next eight years.
0: Mm-hmm. And finally, when all is said and done, what'll be left at that site?
1: There's going to be just a few buildings left. There's. Um, all the you know the domes will come down everything else will come down you'll just have the spent storage site you know the the dry the dry storage sites there's two of them that's what will have the canisters more than 100 canisters left behind uh, of spent nuclear fuel there'll be a security building for people to overlook and make sure that the, uh, there, there's no problems uh, um, with, with the with the canisters. There's also going to be a seawall about 25, 28 feet high that will remain, and there's also going to be a switchyard. If, if when you drive down, um, uh, drive along Interstate 5 and you pass songs, you'll see a lot of power lines. That's part of a switchyard, which is which connects San Diego County to Orange County. So that's still going to be left behind. Uh, but other than that, everything will, w- which will then be transferred back to uh, the U.S. Navy, because the uh, site is at Camp Pendleton, the Marine Corps base there. And again, which we mentioned earlier, when that glorious day comes, when the federal government is finally able to find a place to send the spent fuel, then all that will come down. What's left will come down and that will all be reverted back to the U.S. Navy. Mm
0: hmm. And when considering the role of nuclear power on the grid, is there a future for nuclear power or is that kind of era past? Because we were hearing about, you know, technological advancements with batteries and improved renewables. Will nuclear energy still have a role or is this kind of the end of it?
1: Well, in California, it's going to be the end of it for now, at least for nuclear fission, because San Onofre is now being dismantled, even if some reason the federal government and if there was a great groundswell to bring songs back it's too late um so that leaves one nuclear power plant left in california that's diablo canyon that is going to start to be decommissioned in 2024. so after that there will be no more nuclear power plants in california that does not necessarily mean the end of nuclear power and in california maybe in the future because in the future uh, nuclear power proponents have been talking about maybe smaller module, smaller modular uh, nuclear reactors, which are much smaller and leave a lot less waste behind. Um, Bill Gates, for example, has been um, investing in small modular reactors. And then also farther out down the line, there's talk about nuclear fusion. If he could harness nuclear fusion. Um, and there's a big project out in France right now, a multinational project in France that's still at least 20 years away from having a practical application. But if you were able to harness nuclear fusion, you could have a nuclear plant using nuclear fusion. And the, one of the great things about nuclear fusion, if it goes from just being theoretical to practical, would be if they were able to make that jump, there would be practically no waste behind, and you would have an inexhaustible amount of energy that would not emit any kind of of greenhouse gas emissions. That's farther down the line. But for right now, for California, by 2024, 2025, um, nuclear fission power will be gone.
0: All right. Rob Nicoleski, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, that means you have one week to return your ballot. If you're planning on mailing your ballot, get it in the mail as soon as possible. You can also sign up for text alerts so you know when it arrives. If you're still undecided on one race or another, consider dropping off your completed ballot at one of the locations around the county or at the registrar's office in Mira Mesa. The more ballots are in early the more definitive the results will be come November 3rd. This podcast is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. To support our journalism, go to uniontribcom slash subscribe. Until next time.